I've decided to revisit from my past, from my youth's past as of late, well, actually just as of today, is the soundtrack to Glee, the TV show. <laughs> the iconic TV show, which came out in 2009, I'm going to say. I know the pilot came out either was... No, yes, it was when I was going into my... No, no. I was either going into my freshman or sophomore year at college, and I remember watching the pilot on my bed in my bedroom at my parents' house in August, and I really, really liked it. But I don't remember which time period it was, but it was an iconic pilot with, you know, Leah Michelle doing the funny walk down the hallway and, you know, introducing us to the cast and ending with Don't Stop Believing. Iconic. Anyways, I don't know what made me think of getting into this particular song, but there was a, one song that Rachel Berry sang, which I think originated from the show Chorus Line, one of my all-time favorites, called What I Did for Love. And of course, Leah Michelle has one of the greatest voices of all time. You know, just say what you want to say about her, about what happened in the past, you know, her cancellation or whatever it was. Girl can sing. And when you have talent and you are that incredible of, a, of an artist, my personal opinion, you're good. Unless you murder someone... She's fine, and I personally am vouching for her to play Alphaba in the you know upcoming Wicked film if Kristen and Adina don't get their part. I think it should be Leah Michelle because you you honestly have to have that vocal ability. And Leah Michelle is also very very funny as we saw on Screen Queens, also one of my favorite iconic shows ever. But anyways, take a listen to that song "What I Did for Love," the Leah Michelle rendition. It's so good. Her it's just like such a rich song. Her voice is so rich and powerful. It's iconic. And I was as I was listening to that song, I was like literally bawling my eyes out. Um, but it also I was, like, just loving it. And it made me think, maybe I should go and rewatch all of Glee. But right now, I'm rewatching all of Gossip Girl. Right now, I'm on season two because I'm going to, you know, prep myself with a reboot coming out, I believe, in this summer. Hopefully, crossing fingers. Um, and I just, you know, can't get enough of Gossip Girl. And it's so good. And I haven't watched it in, actually, I think, over a year. I was planning on watching it during the great quarantine of 2020, which we all went through. But for some odd reason, I didn't watch it. I ended up watching The Sopranos, which is literally one of my favorite shows of all time. No wonder why it's been dubbed, like, the greatest show of all time. Classic! Um, and the other thing I wanted to tell you guys was I got a gift in the mail from my bestie who sent me three boxes of Entenmann's classic chocolate chip cookies and I literally keeled over and started crying and salivating and I almost ate an entire box, I'm not going to lie to you, because Entenmann's are my favorite. For some odd reason, they don't sell in the Los Angeles area. When I was in Florida last week, they had Entenmann's at every single Publix grocery store. Publix with an X, not like public as in like a public grocery store. Of course, all grocery stores are public, but like Publix, the grocery store. So shout out to Publix for having my favorite chocolate chip cookies of all time, Entenmann's. I literally grew up on Entenmann's, the coffee cake and the cookies and the donuts. All of it is just so good. And I literally was screaming when I got this package in the mail. Like, usually I accept gifts like jewelry, Louis Vuitton duffel bags, shoes, and, you know, that kind of stuff. But occasionally I'll accept other gifts like cookies. And I was just so eternally grateful. So shout out to the people at Entenmann's for literally making the most delicious cookies that are like, um, I don't do any drugs of any sort, nor have I ever. But I assume what it is like, like crack cocaine, the addiction of that. I equivalate that. Uh, equiv- equi- I eat I equivalent that to being addicted to cookies, and that's just me. But aside from that, yeah. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Happy Hump Day. It is I, Andrew DeVitri, the mistress of pop culture, bringing you all things pop culture. I hope you're all having a good week. This is going by moderately quickly. Um relatively productive. I had to take my car in yesterday for a service. Love going out to Calabasas where I get my car service because I just honestly whenever I'm in Calabasas, which is where I get my car I sometimes do my grocery shopping. There's some great restaurants and parks there. I always am like, oh my gosh they're basically like a Kardashian because they live there. I think they originally live there, but now they live in Hidden Hills or Woodland Hills. I'm pretty sure it's Hidden Hills, but I'm not sure how close it is to Calabasas. I'm pretty sure it's very close. But anyways, I love Calabasas. It's honestly where, um, it's like goals. You know, it's one of those places where you just want to retire. It's all gated communities. It's all fabulous. And honey, let me tell you something. I'm not going to be living in a condo then. I'm going to 
to be living in a gated community because that is goals. That's like what I aspire to, honey. Some people want to get married. Some people want to be billionaires. I want to live in a gated community with all those fabulous people literally walk around, you know, in the community with their dogs. And, you know, it's just, it just looks so glamorous. It looks like the life, honey. All those old people living for it. Um, I have four great stories for you guys today. One, two, three, four. Actually, I have five stories for you guys today. Um, and they're pretty good. Nothing too thrilling. I actually wasn't going to do an episode today, but I was like, you know what? I, I got to keep, you know, hammering out content because first of all, it gives me something to do. It's basically my socialization because I'm super antisocial. As I said many a time, um, basically, basically my way of connecting with the outside world, you know, I'm really connecting because it's via, uh, the, like, whatever the machinery that, like, transfers my voice from where I am to where you are. I don't quite, I don't even understand how, like, honestly, telephones work. Like, how is it that I'm here, and I can FaceTime with somebody who's on the East Coast, and we see each other and hear each other instantly? Like, how, like, how does that, I don't even understand how that works. It's just, like, beyond me. When you sit and think about that kind of stuff, it's like, sometimes when you sit and think about, and I don't get high, but it's like, one of the, sometimes I just, like, sit, and, like, I'm like, how big is the universe? Like, I don't understand how space got there. Like, how did it get there? And then I, like, Google it, and, you know, the, like, that little black, the bio comes out in, like, the top in, like, black letters. It's like, okay. Um, but then I move on for that, because honestly, it's way too, it's, like, above my pay grade. But, um, enough dawdling now. I pretty much have gotten out to you everything that's gone on personally since we last chatted. Um, without further ado, here is the first story of the day. This comes to you guys, well, to me, via you, from page six. A little bit of an update. I think this is the third update on this one story that we've talked about. This is from page six. Tristan Thompson sends cease and desist over Sydney Chase cheating claims. Now, I've talked about it twice now on this show. That this young lady, I saw the video on TikTok. It came up in my For You page. I wasn't actively seeking it out. It actually came out this morning. And I was like, oh my God, this is the video that that girl was talking about. But you couldn't comment on it. Um, but I guess this young lady had put it out on a podcast that she and Tristan had an alleged affair. She gave intimate detailings of his um, male area. And um, I guess Tristan was like, uh-uh, honey. And now he's sending her a cease and desist. So let's read and we'll dissect. Tristan Thompson took legal action against the podcast in which Sydney Chase claimed she slept with the Boston Celtics player. Adam John Grand Mason, host of the No Jumper podcast, told Page Six on Tuesday that he erased the initial video because of the cease and desist he received from Thompson's attorney, Marty Singer. Quote, yeah, we got a cease and desist and deleted it, Grand Mason shared. Honestly, I wouldn't have posted it in the first place if I knew it was going to mess up a relationship. Oh, shade. The cease and desist obtained by Page Six states that Chase made, quote, numerous false and defamatory statements about Thompson on the podcast. <clears throat> quote, you recklessly allowed Miss Chase to make outlandish false statements about my client on the podcast without seeking to verify her claims in any way. The letter continues, No Jumper since has re-uploaded the video, but edited out the portion in which Chase makes her claims about Thompson's peekaboo dick. Uh, I try to avoid the exposing style interviews these days, Graham Mason said. Singer also sent a cease and desist to Chase, obtained by page six, but she hasn't responded. Quote, it is obvious that you are a liar, the letter to Chase reads. Your claim that you had a relationship with Mr. Thompson is pure fiction. The purported texts you claim exist are equally fictitious, and they put words in my client's mouth that he never said that are contrary to his thoughts and feelings. This is defamatory. The letter also demands Chase provide any text she allegedly received from Thompson to, for review, as text can be, quote, manipulated and faked. We are confident that any text you may claim to have would not withstand such scrutiny. The truth would be revealed. That is your story about my client. is fabricated. The letter continues, of course. We doubt you will allow us to review any purported text, since our examination of the text would confirm that they are a sham. 
Um, and they reach out to page six for this woman. A source close to Thompson tells us, assessing page six, the situation is he said, she said, and that Chase is using the recent scandal, which has no merit to cash in on her 15 minutes of fame. Chase also hasn't shared any evidence of their alleged tryst. <clears throat> Excuse me. She uh, has allegedly pitched a reality series to Zeus Network, which features Black China. After the interview went viral, Zeus Network didn't immediately return page six's uh, request for comment. Oh my gosh, you're pitching yourself for a reality show? That's crazy. I, I didn't even know Black China had a show. I thought, like, they after Robin China, she was done. But who knew China was working? But hey, girls gotta make money to pay for her beautiful little kids. She has two kids. Um, one that she shares with Rob and one that she shares, shares with, um, what's his name? Uh, Tyga. Oh, that's his name, Tyga, who, uh, dated Kylie. Um, but yeah, I guess that's the latest update. There's any, if there's anything else that comes out in the news, which... There may or may not be. Your girl will be here to report it to you. Okay, second story of the day also comes from page six. Lala Ken says new season of Vanderpump Rules will be very different. I'm sure it is, since considering half the original cast members are gone. Lala Ken says Vanderpump Rules is going to be a different show when it returns from its long COVID-19 hiatus. Quote, so many people have asked when we can expect, I'm sorry, what we can expect this season. And this is the first year that I can say, I have no idea the reality start till page six on Monday. A lot of time has passed. Cast members who are key players that are no longer on the show. And there's been a lot of things that I've said and happened in the two-year period. And now we're getting together where we have to talk about these things. She also joked, I hope I still got my job. Uh, considering Lala is, first of all, a reality star and second of all, dating, dating Randall, who's a very wealthy producer, I believe. I think girl's fine, but uh, yeah, girl's gotta, you know, make money. Um, the Bravo show, which begins filming Storylines Tuesday, hasn't filmed in roughly two years due to the COVID-19 pandemic. In that time, a lot has happened. In June 2020, original cast members Kristen Doty and Stassi Schroeder were fired following accusations. And of course, Jack, Jax, and um, Brittany left the show because they had a babies. Uh, baby, sorry. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised. It, obviously, so much has happened. Change the world is so different, um, and we're living a very different. We're living in a very different time. And um, but I'm just looking forward to the, sort of this new. I think this is season eight or nine of the show. I'm looking forward to what they do. I mean, it's obviously going to be... West Hollywood is very different. I mean, I can tell you because I live literally a two-minute walk from Sir and Pump. They're open, and the West Hollywood... The Santa Monica Boulevard strip on in, in West Hollywood is open, and people are going out, but it's not nearly as, like, hustling and bustling, excuse me, as it usually is. I mean, I never really enjoy going out in that area because there's, like, too many people. It's, like, get away from me. And I like to go to, like, hotel bars or, you know, somewhere classy. Or just, you know, have a cocktail in my own apartment and watch TV and, you know, be relaxed with my dog. But, um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm gonna maybe take a walk down this weekend and see if there's filming. And if there is, I'll definitely tell you guys what's going on and, you know, sort of the tea on what's going on with Vanderpump Rules. Okay, third story of the day. Um, actually, a bit of an update from our, our, Headliner story yesterday about Bill and Melinda Gates getting divorced. This is from People Magazine. The surprising parts of Bill and Melinda Gates' marriage, including his vacations with an ex. Very curious. When I read this, when I saw this, I was like, vacations with an ex? Who does he think he is? Melinda's fabulous. Um, Bill and Melinda Gates have been one of the world's most famous couples for three decades. And along the way, they've been candid about how their relationship work. worked. After 27 years of marriage, the pair announced their divorce in a statement on social media... Um, on Monday, two days ago, saying that they, quote, no longer believe we can grow together as a couple in the next phase of our lives, but, continuing quote, we'll continue to work together at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Court documents obtained by People show that Melinda 56 filed for divorce and stated in the petition that their marriage was irre irrevocably broken. The court docs also revealed that Gates does not have a that they do not have a prenuptial, prenuptial agreement in place, but it instead will divide their assets according to a separation agreement. 
Um, it'll be no simple task, as Bill 65 and Melinda's lives have been so closely intertwined since the beginning of their relationship. Here are some of the most surprising aspects of their journey together. Okay, Bill took annual vacations with his ex-girlfriend. I had no idea. Before he met Melinda, after she joined Microsoft as a product manager in 87, Bill had been dating Anne Winbald. Winblad, a software entrepreneur and venture capitalist, according to Time. He developed such a strong bond with Winblad that Bill made sure to keep her in his life after they split in 87. Quote, Even now, Gates has an arrangement with his wife that he and Winblad can keep one vacation tradition alive. Walter Isaacson reported in his 1997 Time story on Bill's life and career. Every spring, quote, Every spring, as they have for more than a decade, Gates spends a long weekend with Wimblad at her beach cottage in the Outer Banks of North Carolina, where they ride dune buggies, hang glide, and walk on the beach. We can play putt-putt while discussing biotechnology, he told the magazine in 2001. Wimblad added to time, we share our thoughts about the world and ourselves, and we marvel about how, as two young overachiever, we, overachievers, we began a great adventure on the fringes of a little-known industry, and it landed us at the center of an amazing universe. That is so crazy! I would never let... I mean, Melinda Gates is a far superior woman than I would ever be, for many reasons, of course, because she's, like, a genius, and she married Bill Gates, and she's a billionaire and philanthropic, all things that I am not. Um, well, I, you know, I, I like to be philanthropic in my own way, in, on, a much scale, on a much smaller scale, but... I would never allow anybody idea to do this because, quite honestly, uh, it's like way too like trust and all that stuff. But Melinda, it just goes to show. It goes to show you don't you don't often know what goes on between people's marriages uh, because every marriage is very different. But also, like, damn, girls trusting. Okay, the second little factoid: Melinda turned down Bill when he first asked her on a date. Smart lady. Uh, make him work for a girl, which he literally did. Um, he may be one of the most successful men on the planet, but Melinda said she was less than impressed when the Microsoft billionaire asked her out for the first time. Quote, when Bill first asked me out, he said, I was thinking maybe we could go out two weeks from tonight. Melinda recalled in a Facebook post in 2015, I told him he wasn't spontaneous enough for me. <laughs> ah, love it. She's shady. But Bill wasn't ready to give up. Quote, he called me an hour later to suggest we get together that night. Melinda wrote in the post, he asked, is that spontaneous enough for you? And ultimately turned out to be enough for Melinda, who joked in a 2019 Instagram post that Bill had since, quote, gotten a little more spontaneous over the years. The next factoid, Bill listed the pros and cons of marrying Melinda before proposing. Because he was so busy writing Microsoft, Bill wasn't initially sure if tying the knot was for him. The couple opened up about the dilemma in the 2019 Netflix series Inside Bill's Brain, where Melinda revealed that she walked in on her then-boyfriend making a pros and cons list about whether to marry her. Quote, I took the idea of marriage very seriously, Bill explained in the documentary. You know, we cared a lot for each other, and there were only two possibilities. Either we were going to break up, or we were going to get married. Um, out of Melinda, Bill wanted to be married, but he didn't know whether he could actually commit to it and have Microsoft. You know what? That's totally understandable, because obviously, when Microsoft was budding and growing into this billion-dollar uh, success that it is, I'm sure... It was, like, Jeff Bezos, very, very time-consuming. And, like, obviously, you want to give everything to your relationship and it'd be successful, but obviously, you want your baby, which is... Well, he does have three kids, so, like, but at that time, he didn't have babies. His baby was his incredible, incredibly successful and innovative company. Um, Melinda also spoke about the experience to the Sunday Times in April 2019, noting that Bill was upfront about his thought process. When he was having trouble making the decision about getting married, he was incredibly clear that it was not about me, she told the outlet. It was about, can I get the balance right between work and family life? Oh my god, I literally love that. Um, okay, there's another section here. Bill sought approval from his ex-girlfriend before proposing. Um, Bill enjoyed doing the family dishes. Um, Melinda called their marriage a surprise. And then, you know, basically the rest of the article goes on to dictate essentially what I was talking about. 
Fascinating article, though. So thank you, People Magazine. It's there. If you guys are interested in reading it, go ahead. It's all there. Um, and then, of course, the fourth and final story. Oh, no. I have five stories for you guys today. Okay. This is the fourth story, but this is literally... I My heart sings, literally, when I when I read this. Okay. This is from Deadline. Um, Julie, Dame Julie Andrews. AFI Life Achievement Award Ceremony gets a new date after COVID postponement. AFI has set a new date for its COVID-postponed AFI Life Achievement Award Gala tribute and celebration of Julie Andrews. The 48th annual ceremony is now set for November 11th at the Dolby Theater in Hollywood. Oh my god, that's so close to me. It originally had been scheduled for April 25th, 2020. Uh, read details below. Quote, Julie Andrews has lifted the spirits of the world for generations, said Bob Gazel, AFI president and CEO. Now, more than ever, AFI looks forward to gathering the globe to celebrate the many gifts and joy she has given us, proving her, of course, practically perfect in every way. Um, the air date for the ceremony on TNT will be announced in the coming weeks. Um, and the rest of the article, um, the American... I don't think that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I guess the other article, just the rest of the article on Deadline goes on to sort of, like, yeah, provide details about the festival. Okay, so well-deserved. Julie Andrews is such a, an important part of the my development as a kid because I basically only watched movie musicals, and, of course, The Sound of Music was one, and uh, Mary Poppins, and, of course, The Princess Diaries. I mean, that's my... Queen Clarice is literally iconic, um, but, you know, of course, Maria and the Sound of Music, I watched it actually very recently, like about a month ago, and it was as good as it was, if not better than when I was a kid. Um, and I also listened to her in My Fair Lady in the Broadway soundtrack, you know, YouTube, many of her, you know, interviews and whatnot, because she's just so beloved. I'm going to definitely be watching this. I would like literally relish in going to that festival, but I'm sure it's really difficult, especially with COVID and whatnot. But I am vaccinated, so maybe I can get in. I don't know. I'm going to see if I can find someone who knows a way to get in, because that would be fabulous. But I love Julie Andrews so much. Such a big fan and um, so well deserved. And uh, she literally is just. I'm going to watch The Princess Diary recently because literally it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, like, what's my favorite scene? Um, oh, yeah. When. Okay. Oh, well, there's two. My favorite. Well, my first. My favorite of all favorites is when Sandra O, oh, the iconic Sandra O, oh, Mrs. Gupta, picks up the phone and goes, mm hmm, mm hmm, mm hmm. The Queen is coming to Grove High School. Literally iconic. It's literally one of the greatest moments on TikTok of all time. And then the other favorite moment I have is when. After Anne Hathaway finds out that she's a princess and then Queen Clarice goes to the that really cool firehouse that they live in and Anne Hathaway is in that like thing with the thing in the ceiling and she's like, I can't. I'm late for a meeting with my guidance counselor and then Queen Clarice, Julie Andrews goes, I'm late for a meeting with Spain and Portugal. So iconic! Literally one of my favorite movies of all time. Literally, I love it. Okay, now we bring ourselves to our fifth and final story today, which is like literally so sad, but literally I have things I have to get, get done in my life. <laughs> okay, this is from People Magazine. It's a really long story, but I'm going to try to like, you know, summarize it really quickly. Um, oh, sorry, there's like fire hydrants in the background, but like we live in a world, so obviously you have to like prepare for things. Starbucks responds after barista's viral tweet about complicated order. I saw this on TikTok and I was like literally crying laughing. On Saturday, a Starbucks barista posted a photo of a complicated order that sparked fire on Twitter, with many other employees chiming in on the platform with photos and stories of insane customer requests. Basically, the photo that's in the article, since you guys can't see it, since this is like a podcast, is like the cup with the order. You know how when you get your Starbucks to have your order? It's like with 50 million pumps of this and this. I'll read it to you. Okay. Uh, on today's, basically the tweet said, on today's episode of Why I Want to Quit My Job, Twitter user at Project Josie captioned a photo of an iced drink with a comically long list of special requests, including, okay, this is what the list is. Okay, let me find the photo. Okay, this is what this person who named named Edward posted. Venti caramel, 
something frap. Five banana, X caramel, extra caramel drizzle, extra whipped cream, extra ice, extra cinnamon dulled top, seven pumps of added caramel sauce, extra caramel crunch, one pump honey blend, extra salted something, five pumps of frap, seven add frap chips, heavy cream, double blended. Okay, not only does that literally make me have to go to the bathroom because literally I get like the most basic. I don't go to Starbucks anymore because I live by this really great place called Earth Cafe in LA. You guys should go if you live on Melrose and they make the best, um, they make the best iced lattes ever, which is literally just coffee, ice, and almond milk, and I get uh, sugar in the raw too, two, two sugars in the raw, but literally, literally two sips, two sips of that, and I'm in the bathroom, this, I, I, I can't even, like, that is, first of all, that's probably not very healthy for you, but hey, I mean, I'm not one to talk, I literally just ordered, I got three boxes of Entenmann's chocolate chip cookies, like, that's, you know, the pot ca- calling the kettle black, um, but this is just crazy, and basically what the article goes on to, like, illustrate, I'm not gonna really read it to you, but it's essentially, it's really comical, because it's, like, all different baristas, reporting like their crazy complicated orders that they get and they don't understand how customers can come in with a straight face and literally just place these orders so starbucks is like starbucks responded their rebuttal is basically we celebrate people's you know unique orders and whatnot like of course they're probably like literally rolling their eyes but they have to be like all you know appropriate in corporate culture i mean i totally sympathize with these baristas it's so not fair and i know you know the customer should get what they want but literally going out of your way to make someone have to make something so complicated just for like Five minutes of satisfaction, I can't. I totally sympathize with the baristas. I am one of those people who is never rude to service. Even if, you know, service isn't that great, you always have to put yourself in their position. They could be having a bad day. They have a lot of shit going on. Never, ever, ever make the life difficult of an employee. Just don't do it. It's not worth it. They're human beings. I can't even. This That's totally another subject. But anyways, you guys, thank you so much. That is our Wednesday episode. That is our, that's our you know, five pretty good stories. I like 4.5 because the fifth one is basically just sort of me like... Um, summarizing what the article is about but yeah um have a great wednesday uh where you know we wear pink on wednesday so watch mean girls um thank you so much for tuning in you can stream my podcast the mistress of pop culture on spotify apple podcast podcast box radio google podcast itunes the podcast app on the iphone or basically whatever device you have um and aside from that uh have a great day and we'll chat uh tomorrow which is thursday and then it's friday and then it's the weekend <laughs> bye